MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And also, make sure to check out our brand new Discord server. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat out your bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Degenerinos and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 170. Well, it'll go out to the lovable Ronda Rousey, who won the main event at UFC 170 by beating, defeating Sarah McMahon. So I think it was Sarah McMahon. Gumby told me this one. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. So anyhow, this goes out to Ronda Rousey because she needs more accolades for sure and more love. Um, who am I? Giving out, uh, giving out shout outs to. Uh, MMA and wrestling superstars, I would be Jeff Chalk's Fox, the chalky person of chalky half of this uh, combo uh, on the podcast. If you listen to our uh, the last episode, 169, which we covered uh, this Saturday's UFC prelims, um, I was all chalk and my co-host was right on cue. He was very, very, um, very, very, very dog heavy. So we'll, we'll see who who comes through or not. So. Who is who's his lover of dogs? He's the one and only Gumby God, Daniel Reeland. Hello. Yeah, and first of all, I, I know that Rhonda gets a lot of hate, like post Rhonda hype, but like yeah. in its in 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 her time, like when she was knocking out Sarah McMahon, was she still getting hate? I can't honestly remember if she was getting a bunch of hate back then. No, because she wasn't acting the way that she acted after she actually lost a fight. But but, or maybe, but I guess, I guess she, she was, was doing bit, that. Yeah. She, didn't yeah. she walk away from Misha Tate who tried to shake her hand? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is a special one, but anyhow. So there you go. Um, so are, are we going to get uh, Chalky Dan or are we going to get Dog Dan here? There, there's, are, there's, are you still flip-flopping? I mean, like, no, I settle in before we start recording everything. So I, I have an okay. official pick before. Like, I, that way I don't waver. Because uh, I know sometimes you just wait for my analysis and then pick with that. Um, oh, that's not true. <laughs> you, if you, that was true, yeah. I wouldn't be doing as well as I'm doing. <laughs> no, I told you before, like, it's very clear that the reason you do so well is that you pick and choose which of my analysis you like before you follow it. Uh, yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's not just blindly following me. It's, it's cherry picking the favorite, your favorite of my picks, which, uh, yes. maybe is why the discord loves me so much. Cause they just cherry pick their favorite of my picks and they wind up winning. Cause, uh, yes. Yep. There's there's a dog or two in there that usually hit. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord is the place to be, especially on on fight nights because um, there's a bunch of degens in there, including Gumby giving out giving out place. And there's fights what Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Because uh, a few episodes back, we, we uh, or not we Dan gave you some picks for Thursday nights. Um, what's that? Is it? Cage, it's Cage something. Um, Cage Fury, CFFC. Cage Fury, right? CFFC has got a Thursday night show that Dan gave you a pick for, and then Friday LFA is in Brazil, and Dan gave you three picks for that. 
And then Saturday, we are giving you picks for all the fights, uh, UFC and ABC, Ortega versus Rodriguez. So go back a couple episodes if you want some more picks for this week, if you haven't listened to them already. Uh, we're going to jump right into it after I tell you about Win. Win's got a lot of things going on. I got to about. Make sure to get down on the Win's bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out Win Bet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Or if you're betting golf, they have a golf deal on too now. Win $100 free bet. If the player you make a $10 or more bet on to win the Open nails a hole-in-one during the tournament. So Win Bet has got lots of things going on. Plus, they have the ultimate fantasy football experience. Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before the end of this month, July 31st, and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where Playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. SGPN gang use it for theirs. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First in any sport, just two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball, and then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. And Dan's probably going to give you a Atlanta Braves pick right now for it. I, I am going to give you an Atlanta Braves pick, but only because Patrick Corbin's throwing against them Friday, <laughs> yeah. uh, who has been so very bad this year. Um, and Austin Riley has seven career hits against him. He's hitting like, I think it's a 290 something against him career. Uh, and four of those seven hits are extra base hits. So let's go with Austin Riley on the over. There you go. Uh, on your mobile phone, join your, uh, here's what you do with that pick. Go on your mobile phone, join your listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Gumby in the Discord dropped a bombshell that the ufc is using the big cage this week in long island and, and you're hinting at one fight in particular it's important for do you want to wait till we get to that fight or did we already cover it in the prelims we covered it in the prelims was it the dolce uh, fight uh no it's actually the the um dustin jacoby fight for yeah me. that's my second um guess. yeah because you know we mentioned uh based on his his nickname uh that down jung hard to like knock out in the first place yep. uh dustin jacoby reasonably safe uh in terms of his striking he he doesn't like really you know go for it so to speak and i will say this he doesn't have a finish in the large cage um he has he has no finishes in the large cage he only has finishes at the apex so uh that to me reads like a prop that you want to keep an eye on there you go gumby has got the goods for you so all right uh we're done with the prelims over coming coming to you with the main card in this episode 170 so it is on ABC and ESPN Plus, and it is the afternoon one if you're on the East Coast. Uh, in North America, it is 2 p.m. Eastern time is when it is starting on, like I said, on ABC. And we get six fights. Uh, we were starting off 
with a very intriguing matchup, women's flyweight, Lauren Murphy versus Amisha Tate. So Tate is moving down. This is, is this her first flyweight fight? I believe so. I mean, at least in recent, at least in recent memory. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's tell you about her. uh, Actually, no, let's, yeah, let's talk about her. I'm already got her stuff right here. Her nickname is cupcake is also takedown. I don't, no one ever uses takedown, do they? With her, it's always Misha take Misha takedown Tate. That's what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia never oh, lies, I, so I don't I don't like that at all. It's cupcake. <laughs> it's cupcake still in in, in these world in this uh, this realm. Uh, she's nineteen and eight, four knockouts, seven submissions, been knocked out twice, submitted three times, six and five in the UFC. She's gone one and three over her last four. Lost her last fight. Normally she fights up a weight class at bantamweight. Uh, she was the champion of that weight class. She also was the champion in Strike Force, where she went six and two. She also was regional champion. Also was a grappling champion. She's been a pro MMA fighter since 2007. She's got an inch of height on Murphy, three years younger than her, despite being around for that long. Uh, she's been out striking the UFC by about half a strike per minute by her opponents, minus 0.46 is the strike differential. So her opponents hit her. Uh, about half a strike more per minute than, than she dishes out. Uh, minus 195 is the number on her. Uh, lucky Laura Murphy, 15 and five, eight knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once. Only time she's been stopped seven and five in the UFC. She won five of her last six, uh, did lose her last fight, but that was to the champion of Valentina where she got TKO'd. Used to fight at featherweight and bantamweight was three and zero in Invicta and the champion there. She got multiple regional championships on her mantle. Yes. 2010. She's been a pro since in MMA, two inches reach on Tate. One and a half times more active landing strikes. She's been outstruck by uh, 0.77 strikes per minute in the UFC, plus 160. I'm going to go first, because I always let you go first on the uh, prelims. I'm taking Murphy. I'm taking a dog here. Um, she's just been on fire. No shame in losing to Valentina Shevchenko. Um, don't know how Tate's going to do at flyweight, plus um, it's not. she hasn't exactly been a world beater since she's returned to the UFC. Manon, uh, Renault or Marion Renault is the only person that she has beaten what, since she came back. The only person she's beaten, not quite decades, but what, five years, six years. So um, I'm going with Murphy. I think she, uh, she can outgrit Tate and win this fight. I, I agree with you entirely. In, in TV, I knew you'd pick Lauren Murphy. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, you know, I like Lauren Murphy, but second of all, like yes. it, this doesn't feel like a fight Tate can win on the feet. Does it? Like, no, like that, that's again, this is another one of those ones. And I mentioned it last episode where I was looking at the line and I was like, after I had already done my breakdown and made my pick, I, I pulled up the line and I was like, wait a second. This isn't like I almost thought it would be backwards, you know, like yeah. Tate coming into a new division. And I think people who are betting on Misha Tate here might be betting a little bit on the name value in itself. Um, but like, I, I think really the, the value here is on Lauren Murphy, because if this stays on the feed, I think she's a little bit crisper with the strikes. I also think Misha takes takedowns have looked pretty bad since coming back. You know, you mentioned she beat Marion Renault. She did also only go three of six in takedowns in that fight, which is, you know, not particularly great against Marion Renault, who, who, you know, like is got like a 50% takedown rate on the defense. I think Murphy is going to be tougher here to even take down than, than Renell was. I think she's got an advantage on the feet. She's very physically strong. I worry about Tate's gas tank. There, there's so many things to worry about Misha Tate here. So yeah, I'm going with Lauren Murphy too. There we go. I was hoping I could get one past you an underdog, but no, um, I had a feeling I was not going to um, be alone and Lauren Murphy pick, uh, picking her in this fight. Yeah. I love that number. Definitely, we're getting on her. Uh, featherweights, Shane Burgos versus Charles 
Jourdain. Uh, Warren Jourdain is Canadian, um, but um, he's French Canadian. They they have uh, generally been good fighters, so um, may, maybe it won't be an automatic fade the Canadian here. We'll see. Air Jourdain is the nickname. 13 4 and 1, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. Four and three and one in the UFC. He's won two straight and three of four. Won his last fight via submission. Used to fight at lightweight. Was regional champ. He's four years younger than Burgos. Outstrikes his opponents by 1.07 strikes per minute. Plus 150 on him. Hurricane Burgos, 14 and three. Five knockouts, five submissions. Been knocked out twice. Seven and three in the UFC. He's won one of his last three. However, it was his last fight. Two inches taller than Jordan. Six inches reach on him. Uh, 1.4 times more active landing strikes. He outstrikes his opponents by 1.26 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. Your turn. Uh, this this was the fight I probably came the closest to flipping and flopping in uh, yeah. before we, we got close to taping. But I'm going to take Shane Burgos here. I, I, I do really like Charles Jordan, and I, I think he's made some really nice gains on the feet. And, of course, like, everybody's all over him after landing that, like, 300 kick on uh, Andre Ewell or... I mean, the the Lando Venata guillotine joke, that came out of nowhere. Anybody who said that they, they had Charles Jourdain by submission in that fight's crazy. He's a guy who got subbed by Juliana Rosa. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, he's a guy who got tagged and subbed by Juliana Rosa. Um, yeah. and, and when I'm, I'm trying to break down a fight and I'm looking back at his results, like, I, I like the win over Marcelo Rojo. I like the win over Ewell and Venata, but, like, he lost to Julian Arosa. He split with, took a draw against Josh Kulabau, which, you know, might've aged kind of well in the, the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, like, but other than that, like what, what am I writing home about as far as Charles Jordan, other than, you know, like he had a viral moment or two with Andre Ewell uh, and Shane Burgos. Meanwhile, is a guy who, who went three rounds with Josh Emmett hard. Um, and, and, you know, like he, he didn't wind up beating Barboza, but he went in there and battled with Barboza the whole time. And he's a guy who knocked out Makwan Amirakani, beat Cub Swanson. I, I mean, like that fight with Calvin Cater, he went toe to toe with Calvin Cater in Boston, which is not easy to say. I just ultimately think the boxing of Burgos is like a little bit better here than, than Jordan. And I, I think like Jordan's just maybe like, I'm, I'm like close to being convinced that I actually like him because he had like a couple of really great moments recently. Yep. You know, I'm taking Burgos because I'm Jeff Chalks. I, I can't go back to back dogs. Come on. Especially not uh, picking a Canadian. So, all right. Burgos is a pick. Flyweights, Matt Schnell versus Sue Muderji. Um, let's talk about danger. Schnell first, 15 and six with one no contest, two knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted twice. So he gets finished a lot for a flyweight. Uh, five and four in the UFC with one no contest. He's one and two with one no contest over his last four. However, the no contest was a loss originally. Um, I think his opponent got busted for drugs. Um, lost his last five years submission. So basically, he's not on a very good run, is what I'm trying to tell you. One and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight up at Bantamweight. Was the Legacy FC champ. 2012, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He barely outstrikes his opponents, but he does. Uh, point, uh, plus 0 0.03 strikes per minute. Plus 200 on him. Sumo Derji is the Tibetan Eagle. That would be a good nickname for me, Dan. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, keep that in mind in case I let you take us home this week, uh, this episode. All right. Um, he's 16-4, 13 knockouts to one submission. So he is a finisher at flyweight. Uh, he's been submitted four times. So that is the danger there. All of his losses come via submission, and he's fighting a guy who has eight submission victories out of 15. Uh, three and one in the UFC. He won three straight fights. 
his, he's not fought since January of 2021. He used to fight a Bantamweight. He's got two inches reach on Chanel, six years younger than him. Striking stats in his favor. Uh, listen to this. He outstrikes his opponents by 2.3 strikes per minute in the UFC. That's uh, wild. Grappling stats are also in his favor, minus 250. Uh, Mujerji, all day long, please. Um, I like the the role he's on uh, as opposed to the Schnell. He's on a on the Schnell's on the Schneid. Um, and he's a massive finisher and he outstrikes his opponents and he's got a little bit of a reach advantage and he's a decent grappler as well. So yeah, Mujerji all day here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mujerji as well. And here's something I'll say about that pick is if if I felt more convinced that Matt Schnell might try to use some of his grappling, I'd pick, yeah. I might pick him, um, especially at this price. But the thing about Matt Schnell is he is an exceptional grappler who has forgotten that he's an exceptional grappler and has just decided to like stand and bang with a whole bunch of people lately. And it's gone poorly for him. Like, you know, like he, he did it with Brandon Royval. He did it with Rogerio Bontarin. Uh, he did it with Tyson Nam and only won a split decision. Like, He's a guy who made his his way through like, you know, triangle choking Luis Smolka and, and Jordan Espinosa back to back. Like he looks so good doing that. Um, and, and even on the the ultimate fighter, when he was back on the ultimate fighter, he won his fight with a triangle choke. Um, like he is a good grappler, seems to have forgotten that. And the size of Sumu Derji just worries me so much in this kind of fight for him. Plus, um, I guess it's more dangerous. Uh, he, his nickname is Danger, and it's more dangerous to strike with people, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is more dangerous. He's he's feeling that danger for sure. Yeah. So there you go. So we're both going with Muderji. I'm, I'm sure it pains Dan to have to take a minus 250 uh, favorite, uh, but he, but he did nonetheless. Uh, what won't pain you is drinking Trey Coffee. Um, Trey Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. This is expert taste of coffee we're talking about here. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds alive and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you. And Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it for you. But just answer a couple questions, and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffee delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. And there's even better here. Right now, if you go to trade, uh, right now they are offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first over order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. When you're online, make sure you're using IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded if fallen into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like 89 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. 
Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6.5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Moving on. Dan's got four dogs so far out of a 12-fight card, so that's about what comes through statistically. Let's see if he adds another dog or not going forward. I only have one because I'm Jeff Chalks, but I win. So, uh, Walter Waits, Le- the leech is back. Li Jingliang versus the Muslim Selikov. So we got the leech versus the king of Kung Fu, a couple of great nicknames. The king of Kung Fu could also be a good nickname for me, Dan. I've never done Kung Fu before. Yeah, the king of Kung Fu is a great nickname. I remember yes. when I found it off, too. And he's like one of those guys, too, who's like, you hear the name Muslim Salikov and you assume yes. he's like some angry Sambo wrestler. No, he's the king of Kung Fu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Let's tell you about these these gentlemen. Uh, let's talk about the leech, Jing Liang. First, 18-7, nine knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted twice. 10-5 in the UFC. He's gone loss-win-loss over his last three. He got submitted in his last fight. Was the legend champ? Uh, I think that's in China, is it not? Legend? Yeah. Is it is it all capitalized with periods in between each <laughs> one? It was probably Chinese then. If it is, I'm not positive I, I enough. Think, I think if I'm remembering the right promotion, it is. But anyway, yeah. yes, I believe so. Okay. Um, where was I? Oh, 2007. He's been pro MMA fighter since. He's a BJJ champ. He's got an inch height and inch reach on the king of Kung Fu. He's four years younger than him as well. He's almost one. He's 1.4 times more active landing strikes to be exact. He outstrikes his opponents uh, in the UFC 0.068 strikes per minute. He also has a grappling stats in his favor, plus 145 on him. The King of Kung Fu is 18 to 12 knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice. He's 5 and 1 in the UFC. He's won five straight fights. However, he's not fought since June of 2021. 2011, he's been a pro fighter, MMA fighter since. He used to fight at middleweight. He's was a he, he was a pro kickboxer. He also is a Sanda champion. He actually was in the Olympics. He uh, it was a demonstration sport. He won a gold medal on that. So there you go. Striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.77 strikes per minute, minus 175 coming back on him. Go ahead. I'm taking Muslim Salikov in this one. Um, you know, like, favorite. Wow. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. And this is one I had to, like, go back and think about a little bit. Because the thing about Li Jingliang is, like, with the exception of a couple of, like, kind of odd knockouts he has. Um, like, when he knocked out David Zawada with that sidekick. Or the really weird knockout against Santiago Ponzinibbio after he came back for a while. The people who beat him are people who can either stuff his wrestling or get some of their own wrestling done, right? Like he lost to Jake Matthews, Neil Magny, Kamzat Chemaev, right? Like guys who can wrestle. And while we typically, you know, I mentioned at the top, we we typically don't think of Muslim Salikov as that like wrestling type. He is low key, like a good wrestler. Um, You know, his takedown defense is extremely high with the exception of his UFC debut. He's never conceded a takedown. Uh, and he scored a bunch of his own, including taking down Francisco Trinaldo in his last fight. So, like, I, I think he's the right kind of person to, like, force Li Jingliang to stand with him. And the other thing is, like I said, Li Jingliang, sometimes, like, some surprising KOs. But if you look at those KOs, they're against guys who, like, kind of just let everything fly, right? Like, th- that's the Santiago Ponzinibbio thing, right? The Santiago Ponzinibbio just lets it go. Salikov has shown, even though it's not the most exciting thing, he's very technical and very patient and keeps himself out of trouble. Um, and I think he just does that here to Li Jingliang and, and kind of like frustrates the hell out of him and stuffs his takedowns. 
I will be taking him as well. The King of Kung Fu. You can't go against that nickname. Yeah, I, I think he um, can. Well, obviously he can wrestle. He, even even if wrestling is not his his main thing, I'm sure he people try to um, take take him down. I'm sure he's well schooled in wrestling, uh, coming from his part of the world. So yeah, Salikov is the pick. Moving on to the co-main event, women's strawweight, Michelle Watterson versus Amanda Lemos. Uh, so we got the karate hottie. Michelle Watterson is back um, after her career-threatening injury. She, somehow she's back. Uh, she's 18 and nine, three knockouts, nine submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted three times. Six and five in the UFC. She's only won one of her last four. Lost her last fight. Used to fight at flyweight. Used to fight at atom weight. Three and one in Invicta and was their champ at atom weight. One and zero in strike bars. 2007 was her pro MMA debut. Oh and one is her pro kickboxer. She's been outstruck by 0.56 strikes per minute in the UFC. Plus 250, coming back on her. Amanda Lemos, 11-2-1, seven knockouts, two submissions. She's knocked out once, submitted once. Five and two in the UFC. She's won five of her last six, lost her last fight via submission. Used to fight up at Bantamweight, was a jungle fight champion. She's got an inch of height on Watterson, three inches of reach, one year younger. 1.4 times more active landing strikes. She also strikes just opponent by plus 0.72 strikes per minute, minus 3.34. Obviously, Lamos is a pick. She's gonna totally outclass Waters in this fight. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna hurt her. Um, she, she's gonna Probably. hurt her. Yeah, yeah. There, there's really th- this can be a quick breakdown. Amanda Lemos hits really hard. Um, Michelle Waterson doesn't hit very hard. Um, uh, Amanda Lemos pushes forward. Michelle Waterson doesn't really. Um, Amanda Lemos low key has some kind of good grappling too, which I think people sometimes forget how, how just good she can be on the mat. Um. I mean, it's not like, you know, the best in the whole world, but like she's she's kind of pretty good on the mats, too. So, uh, yeah, like Lemos is just going to hit her. She's going to hit her real hard and it's uh, it's not going to be good. Yep. Lemos is the pick there. All right. Moving on to the main event. This is quite the main event. This is one of the ones I had a uh, hard time uh, making a pick on featherweights. Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Uh, let's tell you about Rodriguez first. El Pantera, 13 and three with one no contest. Four knockouts, three submissions. He's eight and two in the UFC with one no contest. Uh, he's gone two and one with one no contest over his last four. He lost his last fight. He's two and zero oh in the Ultimate Fighter and was the champion in the season he was on. 2011 was his pro MMA debut. He's got three inches of height, two inches of reach on Ortega. He's one year younger than him. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Outstrikes his opponents by 0. 0.056 strikes per minute, plus 132 on him. Uh, Ortega T City 15 and two with one no contest. Three knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. The only time he's been stopped in his career. Uh, seven and two with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone loss win loss over his last three fights. He did lose his last fight. He did get popped for drug failure a few years back as well. Uh, used to fight at lightweight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. There you go. Um, to 2010, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. Get this. His striking differential is minus 2.54. So he gets outstruck by two and a half strikes per minute in the UFC. There's a pretty uh, good reason for that. Yeah, it's not all. It's, <laughs> it's not all. It's not all because of the Max Holloway fight. Even I, I saw an article about that today. He no, it's because of the Volkanovsky fight, too. Yeah, but those two fights are <laughs> true. But even when you take those out, he still gets outstruck, usually. Minus 160 coming back on Ortega. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to take Ortega. Um, here, Here's a piece that I, I think people are sleeping on. Um, and I have a feeling you're taking Yair Rodriguez here. So why do you think that? I just have a feeling that you like Yair Rodriguez. You like a striker over a grappler most of the time. So that is true. Here's the thing about Yair Rodriguez. 
is a lot of people think about Yair Rodriguez as being this flashy striker with some pretty good, pretty slick jujitsu, right? Like he, he scored, uh, I believe, a couple of submissions on that season, the Ultimate Fighter. You know, like they, they know he's got some like flashiness that he uses here and there. The thing is, is he's really bad at taking defending takedowns. Like he's exceptionally bad at defending takedowns. Like Jeremy Stevens took him down three times. And I, I will tell you, first of all, I scored that fight for Yair Rodriguez. I think it was pretty obvious that Yair Rodriguez won, but he was controlled so badly on the mat that it was like there were choruses of booze throughout all of Boston during that fight. Because most people thought Jeremy Stevens was like controlling the fight. And, you know, now granted fans don't know what they're watching most of the time, but Jeremy Stevens is not Brian Ortega. And even Max Holloway, who who never shoots takedowns, was like, well, let me mix this up and get Yair Rodriguez to the mat pretty much whenever he wanted to. And, you know, like I, I know if you look at the stats, Brian Ortega's takedown accuracy isn't great, right? You know, but in, in neither is his strike stats. But like both of those are because he fought Max Holloway and he fought Volkanovsky. He got hit 200 times by both of those. And while those two both stuffed a bunch of his takedowns, right? Like Max Holloway stuffed a bunch of his takedowns. He did get Max Holloway down multiple times. He did take Volkanovsky down two out of five times. And he damn near subbed Volkanovsky while he had him down too. He took down Chan Sung Jung and, and controlled him there. And plus, we obviously know he's got the ability to just jump on a submission, finish it from everywhere. We saw him do it at Cub Swanson and then out of Moicano. I, I think Yair yeah, Rodriguez is over his head here in the grappling. I, I think it's going to be bad if it hits the mat. I'm taking him anyway. Ha ha ha. I was right. Um, yeah, I knew yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm taking Rodriguez. Better striker. Um, Ortega does not look to take down many opponents. I, I know uh, the past three fights he's, he's had takedowns, but before that, he has had no takedowns other than his UFC debut. So depends. Um, and his striking looked good. What two fights ago, but it did not look good again, last fight. So he's striking still up in the air. What kind of fight are we going to see any, here? Does so. anybody look good striking Volkanovsky, <laughs> dude? Like, I mean, like you, no, you could true. say his striking didn't look good there. Max Holloway's striking just looked bad a couple of weekends ago. <laughs> That's true. I'm still taking Rodriguez anyhow. So we'll see. Once again, striker over grappler, Dan, what that that's gonna be the real the real key to this fight card right here is 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 the striker or the grappler yep. gonna come out on top and and I'll just say this like you know it might be 50 50 in some instances or it might be 60 40 to the striker but I really think the advantages here are you know a lot of times when we're talking about the grappler we're talking about a guy with good sub skills and not particularly good wrestling skills I think the biggest difference for me in in a lot of these striker grappling matchups is the guy who's got the the grappling deficit, so to speak, has got it in a way where his wrestling defense is bad and it almost doesn't matter how good the guy is at takedowns, right? And, and yeah. I do think Ortega is better than we give him credit for because, like, dude, I, I mean, like, how many times have we seen Volkanovski taken down twice in the same fight? Like, that that's incredible. Did, did even Mendez yeah. is the only other one to do it, I think. Um, so, like... Put him on a boat with Chad Mendez in terms of wrestling. Like that's a fun, that's a fun grouping to be in. No, it's true. It's true. So we'll see if he goes to the wrestling. Um, you better hope he does, Dan. You better hope he does. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he will, right? Like he he is a smart game planner, if nothing else, right? Like he he went in with a good game plan against Volkanovski. He just got punched in the head a lot. Yeah. All right. Um, you ready for some recommended plays here, Daniel? 
I am. Yep. And I'm All I'm right. I'm deep on them again because I've I've found that when I give you guys like five ish, uh, I'm my I feel like my hit rate is is a little bit better. So I I'm Breaking spread them out. Yeah, I, I come out <laughs> at least even. And then there was one week where I was I think a big winner on on like a four or five play week. So when I started boiling it down to two or three, it it wasn't as good. So I'm I'm deep again this week. How about you? Or you, um, you're flying by the I do it on the yeah, fly always. Yeah, yeah. After I hear after I hear breakdowns, I, things usually jump out to me. So go ahead. We'll let you start off. All right. I'm going to start with uh, just a money line play on Dustin Jacoby. I, I, I think he's really yeah. going to beat up Dotwin Jung here. Um, and what did, what did we say his number was? Minus 135. How much are you putting on that? Uh, 20 bucks. Let's do 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Um, let me think what I'm doing this week. Uh, I'm going to put 25 on that. I like that fight as well. So 25 on Jacoby, money line. I'm a money line guy now. That's uh, I tend to lose when I start dabbling in props. So let's just stick with uh, giving you guys winning picks. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm all on money lines too this week. Um, there are a couple of props I like, which I'll mention at the end of the show and slash yeah. with the super fan jog. But um, for my, my recommended ones, I'm going to stay simple. Uh, another one I really like in this one, uh, despite the number we're getting, I, I'm going to take 30 bucks on Subu Derji. Um, I, I think he's going to hurt match now in a pretty bad way. So, uh, yeah, let's let's take 30 on Subu Derji. All right, 30 on Muderji, minus 250. Um, all right, my big play this week is 50 bucks on Amanda Lamos over Waterson. I know the number sucks, minus 334, but I'm going to give you what he picks, and that's why I'm putting lots of money on this one as well. So 50 bucks on Lamos. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought about Lemos as well. She She's going to sneak into the super fan John Parlay, so you'll see that in a second. Right. Um, I, I'm going to take 20 bucks on Herbert Burns. Uh, I think Herbert okay. Burns is going to beat Bill Algeo, and I, I'm loving that number. So uh, that, that's an underdog play I'm feeling pretty confident in. All right, so Dan's going to lose on that one. But uh, 20 bucks on my uh, plus 170 on Burns. I'm going to take my last 25 bucks on an underdog. Uh, Laura Murphy, plus 160. Love that number on her. So that's my last. Last of my money there. So I, I'm so I got 30 bucks left. Uh, I'm gonna take Correct. 10 and I'm gonna put it on Murphy as well. I had that okay. uh, circled as well, so you know no need to repeat anything. And then uh, I'm gonna take the last 20 and I'm gonna put it on Ortega. Uh, I like Ortega and the Yair Rodriguez fight. I, I think the advantages are there, the improvements there, the activities there. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go my last 20 on Ortega. Okay, so we got. 20 Dan has 20 bucks on Jacoby, 20 bucks, 30 bucks on Muderji, 20 bucks on Burns, 10 on Murphy, 20 on Ortega, all money lines. What'd you have on the number for Ortega? I'm just writing Ortega, shit down. Minus one, minus 160. Okay. All right. Cool. And me, I have 25 on Jacoby, 50 on Lamos, 25 on Murphy. Now it's everyone's favorite time. Uh, it is time for the Hunger Man Jong Superfan Parlay. Dan's going to give you probably two fights and he's going to win lots of money on it. Yeah, so the, the two I like here, and I mentioned this prop a little bit earlier on in this show, and we broke the fight down on the last show. Uh, I like Dustin Jacoby by decision. Uh, as, as powerful of a striker as he can be, I think the big cage and how tough Daun Jung is, it makes it really hard for him to finish. But as I mentioned, I like him to win. Um, so if you want to juice that up a little bit, you take him by decision. That's plus 225. So wow. he goes from being a negative 135 favorite to getting you know, over two to one on the decision. And, and he does have a lot of decisions on his record. So I'll take Jacoby plus 225 on decision. And then I mentioned Amanda Lamos, who, you know, you add in your recommended plays. 
I do really like Amanda Lamos here. The the play on her being a you know a negative three what is three thirty seven or something favorite is a little too high for me. So I, I like her by knockout here. Uh, she she actually has a couple of knockouts in her last three or four fights. Uh, I, I think two of her last three wins were knockouts. And, you know, Michelle Waterson, not an incredibly durable fighter in the first place. Going to find herself in a lot of bad situations, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Amanda Lemos by knockout, which comes in at plus 240. Uh, so if you put those nice. together, you put those together, you're going to get uh, about 10 to 1 right there. It's a plus 1,005 to be exact. Wow. All right. 1,005 is what we're getting for that. So two fights you can get. That's 1,005 odds on Jacoby decision, Lemos via knockout. So, yeah. And I, I just want to throw this one out here, too, because I had it circled. I, I didn't wind up putting it on the super fan Jong parlay, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And you'll you'll probably see me mention it again in the, the discord if you are on there around fight time. Emily Ducati against Jessica Penne in the the opener. Her yep. her KO uh, prop right now is about five to one. It's like plus four seventy five at the moment. I think that's kind of a sneaky pick here because she does go out and, and throw some pretty mean haymakers in there. She's got finishes in both of her last two fights, and it's not like she's fighting slouches. One of those fights was against a former champion of an Invicta, and the other one was against a former UFC fighter. Um, yep. Three of three of her last four punch or fights uh, were finished by KO or TKO. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think Ducati here by knockout is kind of a, a sleepy play at like plus 475. All right, there you go. Gumby comes through with all the picks for you. So we came through with the main card picks for you. Uh, like I said, if you if you want the prelim or full prelim picks you haven't heard yet, go back in episode 169. So, all right, um, we will be back in your ears on Sunday to recap how we did with all these picks, um, and we'll go from there, ladies and gentlemen. There is another UFC next week, of course. We got UFC Fight Night: The Blades versus Aspinall. The Octagon goes across the pond to London, England once again. So uh, until then, you can follow our Twitter feed, SGPN MMA, or you can follow me, Jeff Fox. Actually, not or. I said or again. And you need to follow me as well, Jeff Fox Writer. And you need to follow Gumby as well, Gumby Vreeland. Read our stuff at sportsgamingpodcast.com. Um, I'll have write-ups for these fights um, coming into uh, – into your interwebs uh, very shortly. Um, we also have some boxing coverage coming up for this weekend, and we cover every other sport. Uh, he's got baseball writing on there, as do I. Lots of football, NFL, minor league football, everything you're looking for is over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, read my MMA stuff at moneymma.substack.com. Get in the free pick'em contest I have going on there for this week. Um, and listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, Dan's other, other home, his other family. Who's on this week? So this week I talked to the aforementioned Dustin Jacoby uh, prior to the uh-huh. Don Junk fight. And as I mentioned, these uh, coming weeks, I'm dipping into the Contender Series and interviewing guys off of that. Um, I'm talking with Chris Duncan, who you might remember from last year's Contender Series. He yep. got kind of a raw deal. He had fought, was was scheduled to fight one guy who didn't make weight, dropped out. Then he got like a short notice, quick turnaround to have to fight again. And it wound up being Slava Claus, who he had to fight. Um, so yep. the UFC has seen the the light and given him a second shot. Um, he's going to be on episode two, uh, and we talk about that fight and rebounding. 
there you go. So make sure you listen to Top Turtle MMA podcasts as well. And listen to everything on uh, SGPN Network too. All right. You have time. Listen to everything. So um, like I said, we'll be back Sunday with more goodies for your ear drums. I'm going to let you take us home, Dan, see if you remember. I'm David Gabby Freeland. He's the king of Kung Fu, Jeff Fox. Yes. And we will see you on Sunday.